Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. Welcome to the Texans Titans postgame show. Joining me is my co-host and regular sidekick, a fellow H-Town sports junkie and longtime journalist, Stephen Kerr. And Stephen, I'm going to try to be glass half full for just a second off the top here and just say this was much more fun than I thought it would be. We know they aren't going anywhere this season, so at least entertain me a little bit. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel, Robert. If you're not going to make the playoffs, at least give me some exciting games to watch. And no matter how the turnout was, this game was an exciting game to watch, especially once the second half heated up. It was like they were trading big plays and big scores. I mean, the the Texans defense, honestly, was the reason that I thought the Texans would get their butt kicked today. But they didn't get their butt kicked. They almost pulled it out. So, yeah, I guess the second best thing is they hung in there and almost won the game. The Texans with 412 total yards, but that wasn't nearly enough. They were almost outgained by 200 yards by the Titans, 601 total yards. But the question everybody will be talking about Monday at the water cooler or what you do, the water Zoom cooler, I don't know what it is these days, but Stephen, was Romeo an idiot for going for the two-point conversion? I'll let you go first on this one. I felt that they should not have gone for two just because you would want to make the Titans do that, drive all the way down the field, score, and then make a two-point conversion. So I would say that the Texans probably goofed up on that. You know, maybe the turnout would have been the same, but who knows? Um, but th- that's that's just my opinion. Right. And when he did it, I thought at first, first second, I thought, well, that I don't know about that. But when I started thinking about it more, I'm like, well, if they score a touchdown, they're going to go for two. You've got to stop them. The Texans defense stinks. I mean, the one thing that you can say is, I guess, on one play, maybe your defense gets lucky and can stop the Titans. Uh, but they haven't done it all day. They haven't done it all season. And Romeo's like, I'm going to put the game in my offense's hands. I'm going to put it in Deshaun's hands. And let's just remember, Deshaun on that two-point conversion, the ball was tipped at the line of the scrimmage. The receiver was open. Uh, That was almost a two-point conversion. Yeah. I mean, just yeah, that's how it played out. And and I guess that's why I I can't get too upset with the call, just because, yeah, they could have tied the game, gone into overtime, the same result. But either way, it didn't work out. So this is where we are. And uh, getting back to the – you said the Texans had – 601 yards. Are you sure that wasn't how many yards that uh, Henry got today? Oh, brother. We, My goodness. We got to talk about the, the the carving that Derrick Henry did on this defense. But before I get to that, I just want to ask you, and maybe we can just go back, back and forth on this, because I, I want to try to be a little bit positive here. Um, let's see if we can come up with three things between you and me or maybe three things from each of us that we like from the Texans. I'll let you go first. Well, give me something that you like from the Texans that you saw today. From an overall standpoint, I, I just felt, you know, again, and this is an intangible, but they at least once the game got going and you get into the second half, the Texans at least responded when they got behind. You know, they, they played with some heart. They, as I said, they almost pulled things out. So that's one positive. And, uh, you know, Will Fuller, my goodness, the guy is coming through this season. I, I don't want to get I, I don't want to jinx it. OK, but you, you got to give props to Will Fuller, because at least at this point, and I'm going to knock on woods to make sure I don't jinx it. <laughs> you know, the guy, because he just has he has been the Will Fuller. We have been waiting and waiting and waiting to see. And, uh, yeah, I, I guess the third point <laughs> You know, if I'm if I'm reaching here on the Texans defense, 
they did get a couple of turnovers and kind of keep things in the game. So, I mean, we got to give them props for something, I guess. Uh, but that that would be it. Yeah, you talk about Will Fuller, six catches, 123 yards, the touchdown. I mean, it was a, a touchdown that you go, well, he was open. He was kind of wide open. But you you know, sometimes he's had a tendency to drop wide open catches in the past. I, I think he's... I think that's kind of overrated the last, you know, three, three or four C. It was really that first year and coming out of college. And it's something that I'm, I, I think somebody's got to give Will Fuller some credit there. I mean, we're, we're always down on him for not being on the field, but he's improved so much as a hands guy. And I trust him. I mean, there's, you know, maybe a drop or two this year that you wish you had back. But overall, Will Fuller has become a really good receiver with catching the ball. I mean, just what you got to do as a wide receiver. So that part has been good. Uh, I'll give you something else that I really like from the Texans. Um, you know, there, there was the thought, Hey, Deshaun, what is he going to do as far as who is he going to throw it to in these situations with no Deandre Hopkins? Well, he found guys to throw it to, and he did a fantastic job mixing it up a little bit. And it wasn't just Will Fuller. He had six catches, but Darren Fells had six catches. Uh, he's doing his job now that Jordan Akins is, is down and, and, uh, Brandon cooks had nine catches and he was big late in the game. So that there's a couple of things, Stephen. I just talk about Brandon Cooks for a second because it's been two really good weeks. I mean, Brandon Cooks took a lot of hits uh, the first few weeks of the season, but Deshaun's starting to find him and find him in big situations. Well, I think we sometimes forget, Robert, that it does take a little time for quarterbacks and receivers to gel. I mean, you can work out and practice day after day after day, and of course, you know that's been hampered with the the kind of off season that was going on with COVID and everything, but. It does take a little time. And, you know, as the season goes on, all you can hope for is that they're warming up. They're starting to, you know, understand each other a bit. At, at least that's what it looking, it's looking like with Cooks, the way he's been playing the last couple of weeks, as you said. The third thing that we got to talk about is J.J. Watt. I mean, the defense looks bad, but J.J. Watt over the last, I want to say it's been about three weeks now. I really, I'm starting to see the juice of the Watt that we're used to. And, of course, he had the sack fumble in the game, which was, you know, a massive play right there. And, and, and JJ, you know, he is still like the, the one shining bright light for the defense. And I mean, I'm going to get to some stuff that I don't like from the defense, but right. Steven, he's, he's, he's looked good the last few weeks. I mean, yeah. He's looking like the JJ Watt that we know and recognize instead of, wait, who's that guy on the field? He's, his, his name was being called much more often. And so that it, you always need that. I mean, you've, you've got to have, not just the leader off the field on a particular side of the ball. You've got to have the guy that's doing it by example. And at least lately, J.J. Watt's been doing that. And you talk about people that we've lost as far as Houston fans this year. We've lost DeAndre Hopkins, and we might be losing George Springer. And could this be J.J. Watt's last season because the Texans could just release him outright, let him walk? You know, I, I could see them potentially trying to re-sign him in a shorter contract, but that's one thing we're going to have to start thinking about as we get closer to the end of the season. And it was what was big was that, you know, you had four straight drives where the Texans defense just got manhandled and rode down the field. There was, after the first three and out, the Texans defense, it was nine plays and 80 yards, 10 plays and 71 yards, 11 plays and 85 yards, seven plays and 61 yards. Uh, there was a big blocked field goal by Justin Reed, which is another positive. Put that in the column as well. So I, I can come up with a fourth thing. 
um, and, and, and a Tyrell Adams sack that, that led to the blocked field goal. But then it was J.J. Watt on that next possession, and it starts to turn the game around at that point because, you know, they take advantage of left tackle Taylor Lewan going down with an injury. It was the very next play. J.J. Watt, sack fumble. Jacob Martin recovers. I just want Jacob Martin out on the field as much as possible because he makes plays, and that, that was just the third cause turnover for the Texans on the year and only the Titans' second turnover of the season. The Texans won the turnover battle. How about that? When was the last time we even said that? I mean, they went through most of the season until the week before without even having a turnover. So that is the thing. I mean, we can we can knock the Texans' defense all day as far as stopping the run and a few other things, but at least they're starting to figure it out as far as getting the turnovers, which, you know, those are the things. It's it's the big plays, whether it's a turnover or, you know, a, a big stop on third or fourth down as much as anything that can turn the course of a game around. And Bradley Roby's interception, I, I just have to say, that was a great, great interception. He made a fantastic oh, yes. play on the ball. And it wasn't just one of those ones where, hey, the quarterback throws it to you and you're at the right, you know, maybe put yourself in the right spot. You know, he made a receiver type play, um, you know, just really reacted well to the ball in the secondary. And it looked right there. Maybe the Texans were going to win the game. And then the next couple of drives for the Titans, they get the ball back. They go nine plays, 76 yards. And that ties the game, of course, at the end of regulation. And then the six play, 82 yard drive to win the game. Derrick Henry, five-yard touchdown run to end it. But let's talk about the defense because you you mentioned Derrick Henry, 27 carries, 263 yards. Not Derrick Henry alone, although it seemed like it, but he had over 200 yards. Henry averaged 9.6 yards per carry. McNichols averaged 10.2 yards per carry. Obviously, you can tell by the math, Stephen, and I know you're not a math major, but the Texas defense gave up nearly 10 yards per carry. That's not good. Boy, 263 yards. For some reason, that just doesn't seem like it was enough. I, I thought he was nearing 300 with the, you know some of the long runs he was breaking. But yeah, you add McNichols in the mix, and it's definitely over that, Robert. So again, you know the Texas defense, it, it doesn't matter whether it's a star back like Henry or a guy like McNichols or a, a rookie like uh, Edwards Hilaire, Edwards Hilaire from the Chiefs. It, it just it doesn't matter. These guys can't stop anybody in the run. And it has hurt them all season long. And I, I'm sorry, it it's going to continue to as the season moves along, no matter who they're playing. Steven, don't, don't be confused. He only had 212 yards. It wasn't 263, only 212. So, Oh, gosh, that's even less. Yeah, I, I'm definitely, I, I need to get a, a brain check here. <laughs> There's something. And I think it's, it's interesting that we are doing it with this game. We're talking and this game is on October the 18th. And that is the anniversary of Bum Phillips passing. And Bum Phillips saw a running back that did this kind of thing. He he could pull off one of those 94-yard carries late in the ball game and put 200 yards on you. Remember that guy? What's his name again? Oh, gosh. I, I want to say his first name is Earl. Um, Big Earl. Yeah, Earl Campbell. That's who it is. Yeah, that it's that guy. And, you know, Earl, the way he used his body, body to punish defensive players. I mean, I'll still never forget in the seventies when he turned Isaiah Robertson basically upside down when the, the uh, Oilers were playing the Rams. Yeah. Derek Henry is that kind of runner. Uh, I, I just, but you know what it did to Earl's body though. Uh, it may, same thing may happen to Derek Henry. If he keeps doing that plowing into guys year after year, that 
that's going to slow you down sooner rather than later. Early in the game, I want to say that it was mentioned that his 18-yard run, Derrick Henry's 18-yard run, was his longest run of the season. So the Texans, uh, they ran into a guy that uh, he hadn't really been the Derrick Henry of last year, and uh, he looked fine against the Texans. I don't, I don't think he, and th- one thing on that 94-yard touchdown run, Stephen, it it just looked like the Texans' defense. They had three guys chasing him, and I just as much as Derrick Henry is a great running back, I don't think of him as a speedster. And the Texans had three guys chasing him that looked like they never had a chance at catching him. And that's one of the big issues that I have with this defense is it just a lot of times looks really, really slow. Really, really slow, Robert. And and just that that's one of the things that I was going to mention is just the, the poor tackling by the the Texans defense. I think there was there was one on a pass that was complete to uh, the tight end. I believe his name is Jonu Smith. He was short of the first down, but the Texans couldn't tackle him, and he ends up running for a first down. So the the tackling has just been terrible, and certainly in today's game, it, it definitely played out, not just with Henry, but with, with some of the other players on the Titans. If you go through the Texans' offensive possessions, hey, they scored 30 points, and that's a plus. It, it, it's just a couple weeks in a row that the offenses looked really good. Once against the Jags, not as impressive as this one against the Titans. But, you know, they had one first down and punt the first drive. It was three and out, but a Fells dropped third down pass. A little bit difficult pass maybe, but it was one that he had both hands on it, should have caught it. Um, then the next couple of drives, 13 plays, 82-yard drive, Deshaun to Fells for a one-yard touchdown pass on fourth and goal. I love Romeo going for it on fourth down, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a second. But fourth drive, 11 play, 55-yard drive. Really good in a two-minute drill again. They've they've been better. That's one thing. It's been a real positive, Stephen. The Texans have been a lot better in those late-and-a-half two-minute drives all season long. I, I at least like that. Well, and you touched on this last week. You know, it's about clock management as much as anything else, and the Texans have certainly been better managing the clock and, and moving the ball the way they should late in the first half. You know, they were they were going to get the ball to start the third quarter. So that was big, too. Yeah. You know, they, they still have these tendencies to be predictable on first down. But if you if you're looking for positives, at least it it's it's not quite as often and, and not throughout the whole game where you're just sitting there ticking off play after play after play going, you know, you and I could call the plays. It's that simple. So at least they've seemed to cut down on that. Next drive, this is the first one of the second half, three and out. Duke Johnson drops a third down pass, but Deshaun threw it behind him. That was the one drive where I sort of put the entire um, missed opportunity at Deshaun's feet. Um, But then the next drive, five plays, 79-yard drive, one-yard touchdown, David Johnson. After the help a little bit from a pass interference, uh, they kind of got a little bit of Kenny Stills on that, puts him at the one-yard line. Then it was a three-play, five-yard drive. That was after the turnover, after the strip fumble by J.J., uh, Deshaun to Randall Cobb. And that was a really nice play by both Deshaun and Randall Cobb. Five yards on the touchdown pass. But, boy, that play, the way it unfolded, it was crazy. Cobb gets both feet inbounds, uh, gets the ball, holds onto the ball like, as it goes to the ground. Just the, the out-and-out effort with Cobb on that play of, of getting rid of his defender, going back to Deshaun, helping out his guy. I just thought that's something that 
Maybe the Texans wouldn't have taught. Maybe the Green Bay Packers taught that. <laughs> yeah, there may be a Packers play there. And yeah, that was great. And of course, you know, the, the conditions weren't exactly ideal. It was raining there in Tennessee. And I think there was one play on that particular drive. I believe it was David Johnson who slipped, ended up having no gain. You know, that could have cost him, but it didn't. But uh, yeah, that play to Cobb was great. Fairbairn misses the extra point, and it's 23-21. And you go, well, if Fairbairn hit that extra point, you're kicking an extra point to make it a nine-point lead late in the game. But, Stephen, there's a lot of ifs and buts about that. But because Fairbairn missed the extra point, the Titans went for two. They probably wouldn't have gone for two at that point. So I, I just kind of feel like, no, this one was destined for overtime. I don't think Fairbairn – I don't want to – I don't want to miss an extra point – and we were complimenting him the last couple of weeks because it looked like he'd been, you know, really gotten his g- game together. And But I, I just don't want to put it on the Fairbairn extra point. Well, I think that's one of the reasons that the NFL wanted to make the extra point a little more dramatic and a little less automatic. No po- no poetry intended there. But, you know, that that's what happened. You, you kind of get lulled into thinking that these extra points are easy, but when they push them further back, I mean, they should still make them most of the time, and they do, but... It's it, how many times do we talk about how big a missed extra point is? It could cost you the game. All right. Next up, the next drive. Okay. The punt met midfield. And this was, you know, really the one bad possession by the Texans of the last few possessions of the game. So third down, Zach Fulton doesn't handle the switch on a stunt. And that causes a sack. And so here's, where I want to gripe a little bit about, about you know, the Texans' offensive line, not the players, but Steven, I think I've talked about this before, but it's worth reemphasizing because this just happens over and over again. The Texans' offensive line doesn't handle stunts well. They don't communicate well. That's coaching. The physically, this offensive line's fine. The coaching on the offensive line, this goes all the way, it seems like, back to the beginning of Bill O'Brien. Is is just not good. I don't think it's a, a well coached offensive line, and and that stuff gets old. Seeing that over and over and over again, and it's not just Nick Martin, it's not just Zach Fulton, and it's not just Kelamete, and it's not just Titus. It's all these guys. I I have to agree with you, Robert. And I've always said that a good it, a good coach is not someone who comes up with such brilliant schemes. It, it's a, a good coach comes up with schemes that is tailored to their players. And I just think that, you know, because how many years have we been talking about this offensive line? Yes, I know there there was a time they didn't have the guys in there. They, they just they were poor from a talent standpoint and from a scheming standpoint. But you've got some decent guys in there that they should be able to figure it out. So it's the scheme that is not really fit for this line as much as anything else. So it is about coaching when it comes to that. Also, let me just mention Titus Howard because he had the couple penalties early in the game that nearly killed the drive. But otherwise, if you look back on it, he had Clowney the whole game. Steven, did you hear much from Jadavian Clowney in this one? It's funny. I was going to ask you, Robert, did did you lose track of how many times that uh, Jadavian Clowney's name was not called? Yeah, it, it wasn't called. I think he, he had a TFL. the only time I remember his name being mentioned at all today. Jonathan Joseph also, late in the game, did what he does a lot with the Texans which he stays way off of his guy and you can just work him underneath over and over and over again down the field. And, and that's what the Texans did. And I, I want to get to that, this last drive because of course the, the drive before that was the Will Fuller long touchdown two play drive real quick, but last drive, 15 play 69 yard drive on fourth and one 
I love it. Romeo's like, no, we're not doing a field goal. I'm going for it. We saw him do it before, and and it worked before. It was a 437 left in the game. David Johnson, nice job by David Johnson. Let's give him a little credit there. He fought and fought and fought for that first down. And then on fourth and goal, uh, Deshaun to Brandon Cooks, one-yard touchdown. Again, he goes for it. He could have gone for the field goal there, but Romeo just, he's got no cares. And, and that's what I love, Stephen, about Romeo is he's going for it, trying to give these guys confidence. And one thing you look look at is you go, they're, they're probably not doing anything this season. So you want to give these guys practice at these big situations. And you don't learn anything by bringing out Kaimi Fairbairn. It's it's not just about risks, Robert. You know, when you, when you call plays like that, but it's about taking smart risks. What do you think would have happened if Bill O'Brien had called a particular play and going for it? It probably would have failed. I mean, how many times did it fail? But Romeo calls a play that works. And, it, you know, even though they missed the two-point conversion, the play itself worked. So, yeah, it, it's always been interesting to me how, <laughs> you know, when it comes to making decisions by a coach that, you know, if it works, you look like a genius. If it doesn't, you look like a goat. But I, I just felt it was a smart risk, a smart play to call by Romeo. Anything else stick out for you as this game sort of winded down? And it was one thing I noticed, just minor. Farrell Brown is a tight end that's getting a little bit of play for the Texans. And they had him at fullback in a couple of big running situations on that last drive. That was a little bit different. Um, I, I'm, I'm interested to see uh, if we're going to see some new stuff from Tim Kelly as it goes along, because it seemed like as the game progressed, he was mixing it up a little bit more with, you know, different stuff that you see from the Chiefs where there was more movement and guys moving left and right and, and action before the snap. And, and that's the type of stuff that I think you, you've got to see moving forward if the Texans offense is going to get up to speed with the rest of the good offenses in the NFL. Well, that and just the, the Texans need to get running backs that are able to control the ball. And, and you know, that's why, I mean, Derrick Henry was certainly able to do that. But, you know, one of the biggest problems the Texans have had offensively, and a lot of this, I think, is because of the running game, is that before this particular game, Robert, the Texans were worst in the league at time of possession of 25 minutes. I mean, you, you've got to get better than that if you're going to hang in there and, and even win more games. And I just think a, a lot of that is due to making sure you have that running game going where you can have the ball control and then let Watson do his thing the way he did most of the day today, and things would be better. And the other thing I, I got to mention, Ross Blocklock actually had his name called, and it wasn't because he you know had to leave the field or something. He actually did trip up Derrick Henry on one play with no gain. So there you go. We, we did mention Ross Blacklock, the Texans' uh, earliest draft pick from this season, in a positive light. Yeah, that's another thing I was going to mention is you know, I was just thinking about it as I'm watching this game. The Texans, forget the 20 draft, and we've already talked about what a mess that is, and Blacklock's the only guy that's been mentioned since John Reed in week one. Is John Reed, has he played at all since week one? I, I have not seen his, I, I don't think so. I, I cannot recall a, a time he's been in there at all. So I don't know if there's still injury issues or he's just not good enough to be out there, but let's go back a draft before that, the, the 2019 draft. And Steven, the, the, I believe Brian Gain, this was his last draft. You know, this was the Saranara for right. Brian Gain. And there was a lot of people that thought this draft was not good, but they were aiming a lot of their disdain at Titus Howard, which, as it turns out, 
he might not be so bad. I, I still like a lot of what I see from Titus Howard. But let's go to round two. Max Sharping, not on the field anymore. He's been beat out right. by Calamete. He is not even a factor. He's become a guy that can't beat out a journeyman offensive lineman. Lonnie Johnson, I don't know what is you could say good about Lonnie Johnson. It's hit and miss with Lonnie Johnson. He made a couple of good plays today, but then he, he made some bad ones. So it's just, yeah, it's hard to figure him out. Mostly it feels like it's penalties and bad coverage. But... Yeah, he had a pass interference uh, on one play today. So uh, Waring uh, injured his entire career. MIA, don't know whatever happened to him. Uh, Amenahu, he was invisible in this game for the most part, right? Yeah, yeah, he he did. And, you know, you keep looking for more and more things from him, but, you know, he's another name that just hasn't shown up maybe as often as he probably should have this year. And then there's Xavier Howard, who was their six-round pick, released, never played, right. Gillespie, special teams guy. Is is he do anything he's been for injured. you? Yeah, he's, he's injured right now, but he, he's maybe shown some flashes, but hasn't really, hasn't, hasn't shown me much anyway. One name that uh, I don't think I heard in this game, uh, just a reminder, a guy that he's guaranteed $35 million in 2020 and 2021. Any guesses? Any guesses? (laughs) We're not talking about Whitney, are we? Oh, yeah. He was just not there. And we were mentioning him in a positive way the week before. So, yeah, we're waiting for that Whitney Merciless to be more consistent. I want to say something about Zach Cunningham too, because he, he, he's got a lot of money in the off season as well. Zach Cunningham, I think he's second in the NFL in tackles or he was coming into the Titans game, makes a lot of tackles, but last year he was making tackles. I thought at the line of scrimmage behind the line of scrimmage, it doesn't seem like a lot of these tackles are worth, you know, are, are worthy tackles of, of, of a guy that you're paying this kind of money to. He he just seems like he's making no impact this year. And that's a concern. I mean, real concern. It's yeah. When it comes to tackles, it, it's as much about the quality of tackles as the quantity. I mean, you can pile up tackles and that's fine. The numbers look good, but it's where they are. And, uh, you know, it just, that's, that's really where you earn your money. It's as much about the quality as it is the quantity of tackles. I mentioned just a little bit ago, it was the passing of Bum Phillips on this day seven years ago. And Steven, I just want to remind the Texans brass that Wade Phillips is sitting on his couch doing nothing right now. Texans defense looks pretty bad. When you just want to call him up, just see what he's doing. Maybe he can just, you know, you pay him a little bit, even as a consultant, just come in and help us out a little bit. Let's get Anthony Weaver, set him aside and just let Wade, you know, do his thing and teach him some things because he certainly could. You know, Wade, he's more of a first-year kind of guy. You can come in, the first year of your defense looks great, kind of tapers off as time goes on. But, hey, no doubt about it, Wade Phillips is a great football mind and certainly from a, a great football family. And I want to mention someone else on the defense, Robert. He's fast becoming one of my favorite players, and that's P.J. Hall. I think he had seven tackles today. So he, he's at least, a, you know, starting to, in, in flashes, you know, have being making some good plays and being a bright spot for the Texans. Yeah, J.J. Watt in the postgame press conference says one of the tougher ones, uh, one of the tougher losses that they've had or he's had and said the offense played great, defense didn't. I think we knew that, J.J., but, of course, J.J. said he puts the loss on his shoulders. He takes responsibility. Um, it's it's the old, it's on me. Uh, we've heard that a lot over the years from a lot of different 
Texans, uh, Gary Kubiak. I think we just heard, we heard that a lot from a uh, just recently fired football coach, right? Yeah. And didn't he used to say that all the time? Yeah, I can't remember his name, and I, I just don't, don't don't want to repeat that name. <laughs> yeah, at the listen, moment. I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna say his name, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, but you know, that's what a, I mean. JJ's gonna do that, but just think about if if Whitney Merciless could start becoming more consistent, and JJ Watt becoming more consistent, that alone would at least point the Texans' defense in the right direction to being consistently better. Okay, last thing I, I last big point I want to make. It's a question I ask you every week. DeAndre Carter, he's still on the Texans. He is still on the Texans. He's, he's still getting kickoffs. Yeah, he, his name is still there. I keep looking every Monday, Robert, I, I, or at least the day after the game. I keep checking to see if DeAndre Carter is off the roster, but nope, I, I still show that he's there. Quick thinking here, and I, as he took the last kickoff, remember there was four seconds left after the game was tied by the Titans. Why not put Will Fuller back there? DeAndre Carter ain't going to break it. Put somebody, ba- anybody back there besides DeAndre, somebody that can actually maybe make a move, make somebody miss, has a little juice, whether it's, I don't know, even Duke Johnson, just somebody. I guess the, just what probably scares them about putting Will Fuller back there is that the more you put him out there, the chance of getting himself hurt again. I don't know. I'm just guessing. But that that would just be my guess is that would be the reason because he's certainly getting the hands that that you need and he's got the speed. So, yeah, why not give it a shot? They they've done it, I think, once or twice this year. I think Will was on a punt return. But, yeah, it's it's either DeAndre Carter or nobody. It seems like if I'm the Texans, I go, look, Will, here's the deal. We're going to put you out on kickoffs. If somebody's like coming at you hard, get down. I don't want you to get hurt. But see if see if you can run on a sideline. So if he's running on the edge, if he's at the sideline, he sees where everybody's coming at him. You know, they're only coming at him from one direction. Right, right. That's just a thought. And then just get out of bounds. Yeah, if if get down or get out of bounds or whatever, but at least he'll know where the that is. And you know, he's he's getting hurt. He's not getting hurt by hits. He's getting hurt by pulling a hamstring. What's the difference on a kickoff than when you're a wide receiver trying to run a, a go route like he, he did on that touchdown? Well, none really. But again, I think it's as much the frequency of how many times you're touching the ball and running. Is your hamstring going to give out again the more you run? I, I don't know that that's necessarily the reason. But they're just the, the Texans' return game has just been subpar for several years. And I know we've talked about that on numerous occasions before. Yeah, it just seems like... Yeah, we keep saying this, but it's it's always a, a broken record with Texas. It's, it's the same stuff every week. <laughs> oh no! Uh, well, let's uh, close it out by you know again. I, I'll just say you know we we had to go through some of the negatives, but there was a lot of positives. There's stuff to build on, especially on the offensive side of the ball, and at least they were interesting and they were fun, and this was exciting. And you know, it's it's not just that typical. Texans either getting blown out or you're like, oh, they weren't even it's a they played a really good team and they couldn't even stay in the game. And maybe they, you know, made it close at the end, but it really wasn't that close as the score. So, I mean, I, I guess that's my big summary for this one. You have to start somewhere, Robert. And there are little things that are going in the right direction that, you know, the, the Texans have such a big hill to climb that any kind of forward progress is forward progress. And that's that's kind of how I'm looking at it going into next week. 
And Deshaun, that's the big thing. You need him to improve. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. He's got to keep improving every week. There, there are still times he just isn't getting the ball out fast enough, but it seems like those times have been fewer uh, the last couple of weeks. If you have some thoughts on the Texans or the Astros moving forward or what the Rockets should do with the coaching matter or whatever, let us know. Talk to us. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, info at HoustonSportsTalk.net is the email address, info at HoustonSportsTalk.net. Until next time, stay healthy and safe, everybody. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.